through center ice. Puts it wide, point, back across, Boy Belay in, back across, up top, Radis shoots, tip, scores! Alex Boulay! Boulay! Okay, the fly ball to right field over his Carroll. He's got it! And the Arizona Diamondbacks are headed to the World Series! The Diamondbacks have won the National League pennant! Eichel in the corner, surveys, Eichel back up high, McNabb, off to Eichel, he's got some room, Eichel drops for Theodore, walks it in, wrist shot. Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. All right, here we go, Saul, 36 for October the 25th. Another chilly day in Edmonton, minus 8. going to get a little warmer today, looking okay for the weekend, but uh, still well below seasonal. And yesterday it was frozen frenzy in the NHL, and, um, well, it was uh, frozen in time for the Oilers in the third period uh, last night in Minnesota. And by any indication of the text line, Oiler Nation, is in a frenzy because the text line is swamped already before we even take to the airwaves. one 401 1440 The Oilers lose in Minnesota last night 7-4 to drop to 1-4-1 and uh, on the season. Oilers just can't beat Minnesota. That's the ninth win in the last 10 games for the Wild. Third period was a debacle of monumental proportions, as Craig McTavish used to say. Oilers had a 3-2 lead. Now, maybe it was done that lead with a little bit of smoke and mirrors uh, at the time because the Oilers had given up way too many, like way too many. Five bell chances uh, all night to play in their own end uh, resembled a, a five-man unit with one player on that unit having really no no sniff of what the other guy, other uh, members of the five-man unit were going to be doing on uh, said uh, shift. Uh, third period, 5-1. The Oilers were outscored. The Oilers only have one third-period goal this year. That came last night, courtesy Evander Kane, who was probably the best Oiler, despite Warren Fogel's two goals. Evander Kane was physical, brought a good forecheck, had the scrap, had the Gordie Howe hat trick. Um, but uh, awareness... Attention to detail, not there. It's just not there. Uh, has to improve. Uh, you need to look no further than three too many men on the ice penalties. That's just, that's awareness. That's head in the game. Yeah, whatever. If you say we're 7-11, you got two, extra D, the forward's not sure who's going out. That's just attention to detail and awareness. Yes, text line jammed. one 401 uh, 1440, uh, Doug chimes in, says, Morning, Kevin. To say the Oilers in their D zone is like watching an episode of the Keystone Cops. Well, that would be an understatement. Uh, whatever system is in place sure isn't working. Missed assignments, open looks for the opposition everywhere. Not physical at all in the Oilers zone. Uh, can't get the puck out of their own zone. Weak penalties. Uh, 
this may show uh, how good of a coach Woody is because if he can't get a hold of a, a mess this soon, it could get real ugly. Uh, always easy to unfairly blame the coach. Uh, because at the end of the day, the Oilers are what they are. Old school hockey, Doug. Uh, 1-833-401-1440. Uh, Stair Farmer says, uh, good morning, boys. Campbell looked good, but our goalies can't win when the rest of the team is feeding up grade A scoring chances. Uh, wake up, team. Hey, Buddy Baker's back. Buddy's back. Uh, ah, man, Kevin, 80% of the owners just don't care. They need to chase the puck hard on the defensive side like their net is empty. Only time they seem desperate to get the puck out is when no goalie in the net. Um, I'll tell you what, and Evander Kane, again, probably was the best oiler uh, when you look at the complete picture. Uh, Warren Fogle with the two goals, uh, I mean, gave the owners an opportunity to win the game, up 3-2, up 3-2 after 40. Maybe, again, was a little skewed. The numbers were a little skewed, just the way things were. And as you can imagine, not a whole lot of love coming in for Evan Bouchard um, this morning. Last night, even. Uh, we were getting texts last night. Uh, that's how upset the fans are. One, four, and one Oilers. Uh, and again, you know... Uh, I think it was, I guess it was after the Philadelphia game. The Oilers got back at 2.30, and then you get the text from the Oilers comms department. Practice today, 1 o'clock, media to follow. Uh, so today, the note from uh, Oilers comms department, uh, players off today. Players off today, Jay Woodcroft Croft will have a media availability uh, this afternoon. Well, the Duke of Delburn was uh, busy watching the game, and uh, we welcome in the Duke after another busy night. Uh, man, the barbs are out. People aren't happy. 1-4-1, uh, and one, especially with the expectations of getting off to a good start. Vegas won again last night. So now, I mean, we're not even talking about first place in the division anymore. You are uh, Vegas is at 7-0, 14 points. Oilers have three. That's 11 points. After two weeks of the season, an 11-point uh, differential. Um, are you surprised that uh, everyone's so pissed off, I guess, this morning? Surprised that people are upset? No. I, I think everybody's rightfully so. Yeah. This, uh, this Oilers team is one that, through these first couple weeks of the season, has left virtually everything to be desired. They've, um, they haven't done anything to change from what we saw last spring when they lost to Vegas in the second round of the playoffs. that All summer it was attention to detail, um, gripping down defensively and making more of a concerted effort in that area. This team is lost in the defensive zone, and you can you can you can it, obviously Evan Bouchard's play last night in the defensive zone stands out. A couple, uh, one big missed assignment on a stick in front of the net. Obviously, the misplaying of the puck off the end boards, but it, but it's almost to a man mm-hmm. in the defensive zone that the coverage just isn't there. And we we talked about it yesterday with the Ryan Carter, the Yoel Eriksson Ek factor. He was not within the same time zone as another blue sweater to uh, to even make a play on him as he walked out from behind the net there. So it's, uh, and it's, went shelf, yeah. It's it's to, it's to a man right now. Um, missing coverages. It seems like lack of effort. That's weird to say about professional hockey players, but that's kind of what it looks like, at it's least on the defensive side. Awareness is the, that's the word that I keep getting back to. It's awareness, not aware of what's going on around in your surroundings. Uh, surroundings. Uh, I brought up the term. I've been using it for years with Laddie Schmid, uh, campfire defense. You know, everyone's standing around watching. Well, 
at times it looked like that, everyone standing around watching. And then, I don't know, 10 seconds later on the same shift in the defensive zone, everyone's running around like it's a fire drill. I mean, whatever system it is, I, I mean, I need to be explained. It needs an explanation about what the concept of it is because I can't figure it out. No one seems to be able to figure it out. Um, it was the Noah's Ark 2 by 2 on the first goal with Evan Bouchard just standing beside Marco Rossi, tying, not tying the stick up. That's the goal that you're, you're mentioning. But um, I, I, Jack Campbell, I mean, played quite well, I thought. I thought he played quite well. He has to have the, the second goal... Is a, is a shot from the point, unscreened, that he has to suffocate the rebound. He's either got to catch it or he's got to envelop the puck into his chest protector. He needs to stop that puck from getting even out because he had a clear vision of him. I, I don't really even, to be honest with you, I don't fault them on the 6-4 goal. Uh, that was the Ryan Hartman third goal of the game. That's an Evan Bouchard pinch again on four on four. That's where the play starts. The play starts with lack of awareness on the ice. Evan Bouchard pinched up, results in a two on one. Yeah, it's not a great shot on Jack Campbell, but it's still uh, a two on one with a four on four with the defenseman pitching at the far blue line that should never happen. Um, And that, in that point of the game, it's three, three and Bouchard can handle the dump in. And that results in the Zuccarello goal. That made it 4-3. But 5-1, you're outscored 5-1 in the third period. Your goal differential right now is the third worst in the league. And you beat Nashville 6-1. Your goal differential is minus 10. Uh, text coming in, one 401 JG, morning boys. Bouchard would have to score a power play hat trick every game to offset the train wreck he is on the defensive end. Giveaways, poor decision making uh, when stepping up, lack of effort, intensity. I don't believe you'll ever win a cup with a guy like that in uh, your lineup. Hopefully, I'm wrong. That's JG. Uh, Brad, no panic required. They're only nine points back of the Knights with the say. That's actually it's 11. That's, is that an old text or something? Well, the Knights won seven. Uh, they're seventh row. In, am I correct? There were 16 games light last night. The Knights won again. They're seven and zero, oh, I believe. That was the game that ended at three in the morning with 16 games. Duke, do you know every 16, all the scores in all 16 games? Uh, only because they're sitting in front of me. But I was doing the the flipper. I we did not have access to the uh, the fi- frozen frenzy version on ESPN. But I was doing my own personal version right. of it, flipping around all night. Uh, but obviously, was pretty locked in on the Oilers game, despite the fact that. They gave me plenty of reasons to not want to continue to watch. <laughs> so, but yeah, watch Vegas won. Vegas won, 100%. Yeah. They're, so they're, they're at 7 0, 14 points. The Oilers down 11, uh, 11 points so behind at 1 4 and 1. You were. One hundred percent correct. Hey, first time this year. Wow! <laughs> yeah, wow! Hey, all right. Uh, Rockford uh, Oilers cap room and roster size aside, there has to be a team out there Holland can swing a deal with for a solid D man. They're tough. Those deals are almost tough. They're tough. Uh, good morning uh, from Eden. The second goal was Bouchard's fault too. I don't see that. Campbell went to cover it up. Bouchard passed it to the wild. I don't get that one. I think Bouchard, I, I, I don't fault Bouchard on that one. He is expecting Jack Campbell to smother the shot. Either catch it. Uh, there shouldn't be a rebound on that one. Um, Ryan, no foot speed, no heart, no grit. No thanks. Um, Darth 2. 
Kev, didn't the Oilers finally bring in an analytics department? In what math-based world should Janmark be playing cloudy to 18 minutes while Holloway is playing three or four minutes nightly? Well, to be honest, Janmark was okay last night. And what do you... Janmark was the only real solution to start the game on the first line, in my opinion. If you wanted to keep lines two and three intact, if you want... And I mean, line two with Hyman, Nuge, and Fogel has been good. And then we've seen line three have a little bit of, you know, get up and go. So either you're changing all that dynamic. So I have no problem putting Janmark in there to start the game. He almost scored on the breakaway, cut in hard to the net, had a great uh, um, uh, uh, opportunity there. But... Obviously, didn't work out. Uh, RL, hey, Kevin, love the show. Don't think Campbell was nearly good enough last night as well. Seven goals is brutal, even with a ridiculously bad defense. Thanks, RL. One's an empty netter. Again, I, I fault Campbell on the second one. The sixth one, again, I, I think that's a that's a two-on-one where Bouchard is not aware of the pinch. It's similar to the fourth goal in Philadelphia when it was 3-1. Uh, not aware of who, who's behind you on the ice. Block off that lane. Atkinson scores, makes it 4-1. Game over. Uh, Again, we're not having a lot of love for Jay Woodcroft this morning. Uh, Jay Woodcroft showing he's a minor league coach. Management signs a useless third liner because he was friends with McDavid 10 years ago. Wow. Uh, Fogle doing that in 13 minutes is impressive. And Bouchard is on pace for 109 points while being minus 109. Bouchard had a goal and two assists last night. Yes. And heavily, not even remotely close, is being outshadowed by what happened defensively. It's not even, no one is even talking about his one goal and two assists. But it's okay, Kevin, because plus minus is an outdated stat and doesn't uh, accurately reflect a player's value on the ice or to their team. Uh, Right? Yeah. Um. Uh, Brad, now he's saying, okay, Brad is saying pair it back to the same number of games played. I don't know what that means, Brad, but thanks for the text. Keep them coming in. one 401 We will have a whack of texts coming in to talk about today, and we'll be talking about the Oilers' performance uh, coming up after the break with Derek Van Deest from NHL. Dot com. That's coming up uh, right after the break. We will uh, check in with Mark Spector uh, on the mark for Booster Juice at 8 o'clock from Rogers Sportsnet. Hey, Ken Reed is back uh, on the program. Uh, Kenny's coming into town, I believe. He's going to be on the Jason Greger Show later in the week. Uh, just uh, penned a new book. Uh, man, He's this guy is an author. He's a scholar. He's big time. Uh, David Schlemko at 9 o'clock will uh, co-host with us from 9 to 11. Of course, uh, Schlemmer over 400 games in the NHL. And we'll, uh, man, he's going to have a lot of things to say about this uh, Oilers defense for sure at uh, 9 o'clock. Uh, looking forward to 920. Steve Coolius from uh, Sirius XM NHL Network Radio at 920. Uh, then in studio at 940, Keaton Meta. Uh, there's a National Bank Challenger tennis uh, tournament coming up at the Royal Glenora uh, starting this weekend. It goes for a whole week. It's like a big tournament. Uh, Keaton Meta's a, a local competitor and uh, will join us in the studio at uh, 940. Uh, 10 o'clock, uh, John Warrow from the Associated Press uh, checks in with the Buffalo Bills as the Bills get set to take on Tampa Bay Thursday night football. 
Uh, only 84,000 texts coming in. We'll get to those a little bit with Derek Van Deest. Coming up uh, right after the break on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. 721 in Edmonton. Text still flooding in to one 833 Josh in St. Albert says, Hey, guys, I don't understand why the defense that is struggling keep getting minutes. Bouchard, for example, played 18 minutes last night. Uh, why? Uh, for the most part, the defense was spread out quite evenly uh, in minutes. I mean, they're with, with seven defensemen, probably as close to an even split as you could probably get. I mean, Philip Brogberg even played 916. Um, I mean, you got to roll these guys out. You got to play someone. What are you going to do? I mean, yeah, that's just the way it is. Brett Kulak was probably one of the better defensemen last night uh, and played almost 16 minutes. That's probably where you want to see, I mean, Brett Kulak with. Uh, in a seven defenseman format. Um, and one other one just before we get to Derek Van Deest. Um, uh, how about the third goal? This comes from Dean. Nurse left the guy in front all alone, or am I missing something? That comes from Dean. Well, in my opinion, on the third goal, it's almost like a bad change or failing to get the puck a little deeper. The Oilers were at the, their own bench with the puck, uh, didn't advance it uh, far enough. And it was almost scored on the rush. It was a great soccer skate pass uh, from Zuccarella to Hartman to make it 3-3. So, uh, I mean, what do you do? Oilers are uh, now 1-4-1 one, one as we welcome in Derek Van Deest from the NHL.com. Good morning, Derek. How do you put a, put a little bit of a bow on that one last night for your article? Oh, yeah, Cameron. That was, that was ugly. That was uh, not good at all. And I think... You know, you, everyone was talking about, let's not panic. It's only four games. Let's not panic. They'll figure it out. Let's not panic. Um, and now you're thinking, well, geez, you know, when are they going to put this thing together? And I think, to me, a few things stand out with the Oilers right now. And I think the fact that Matthias Echo missed the entire training camp mm-hmm. is starting to show. Because I think he is... He is, he is a step behind. He's not the Matthias Ekholm that we saw come in here last year. So I think when you missed the first two weeks of the season, you didn't get on the ice. Um, you know, he's got a hip issue. That he had a hip issue that he was dealing with. He's a step behind. Now, because he's a step behind, uh, Broberg is not where they wanted him to be. They wanted Broberg to be a little in a, in a better position. They were going to play those two together during training camp. Hopefully that they got, you know, they got – some sort of chemistry, and they were going to build on that. Okay, that didn't happen. Now Broberg is, is doesn't look like he's 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 ready, uh, mm-hmm. essentially because the plan didn't go through. Bouchard, I don't know what's going on with Evan Bouchard. Bouchard seems to be getting knocked off the puck. He's out of the position defensively all the time. He doesn't seem to be to know what to do in his own end. Um, so there's an issue there. They got to fix that. And then even Darnell Nurse, I think. He, he's, he's trying to do too much, in my opinion. He's trying to do too much, cover, comp, overcompensate for too much. Um, and so they got, they got issues defensively here, Kevin, that they have to figure out. They were talking about, well, we have this great defensive system that we're going to use this year, we're going to utilize, we're going to be in better position. You know what? It's looking a lot like that swarm <laughs> defense that they had. <laughs> under Dallas Akins. Under Dallas Akins. There's a lot of guys wide open in front of the net. Uh, and they have to figure this out. Then they have to figure it out quickly because now you got the Rangers on Thursday. You got mm-hmm. the Heritage Classic coming up. 
Um, so, you know, these aren't these aren't easy games coming up. And the Rangers look pretty good last night in Calgary. Uh, Derek Van Deest from NHL.com is our guest on Sports 1440. Do you think uh, when Evan Bouchard is on the ice, uh, whether his D partner, because at times it was Darnell Nurse, at times it was Matthias Ekholm last night, do you think that those two in particular, Ekholm and Nurse, are overcompensating, over-worrying, over-concerned about where... Bouchard is on the ice defensively, what his thought process is. So they are overplaying and trying to make up uh, any deficiency for Bouchard? Uh, I think so. I think that's part of the issue. Um, And I think they're seeing that Bouchard is struggling to win battles, uh, one-on-one battles, and he's losing the puck a lot in his own end, and he's getting rubbed off the puck, and he's getting getting outworked in the corner. Um, so I think they're seeing that, and, and then they're seeing suddenly like, oh, we're going to have to help this kid out because um, defensively there's issues there. Bouchard, offensively, he's a great player, and I think he's still a very good uh, outlet passer. But I think right now the fact that he's just not strong in front of his net, he's not strong in the corners, he's getting muscled off the puck behind the net, uh, he's making bad decisions with the puck there when they're rushing him. So I think you're right. I think maybe these guys are looking and going, listen, we need to help this kid out. Uh, and sometimes when you try to do someone else's job, um, you kind of lose the fact that you have a, your own job to do. Uh, and I think that might be the issue here is that they're trying to do everybody's job and then realizing that you know they got their own job to do and, and that's not getting done either. So um, they have there, there's a lot of issues here on this back end. Uh, that they have to figure out. And I don't, you know, you said, I agree with you, Kulak was probably one of the better players mm-hmm. last night, but him and CeCe still have to step up their game. Like Cody CeCe, I yeah. he's having, he's had some, you know, not very good games here. And I think both of those guys are, they're veteran guys. They need to step up their game and their presence as well. You need to notice them a little more than you have uh, in the past six games. It's uh, it's almost a case where it's just in spurts for CC, um, not consistent uh, cons- consistent enough on a game to game sixty minute uh, basis. As we're speaking with uh, Derek Van Dees from NHL dot uh, com, uh, text still coming in to one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty, and there are a lot of them. Uh, Steve says it to me. It's not the defense; it's the team defense that's the problem. All kinds of miscoverage was kind of what we've been talking about dvd um to that point how would you assess the play of jack campbell last night gave up six goals but man made some highlight saves uh where did you see campbell's play last night well he made that one outstanding save that was an unbelievable save that kind of kept it in the game and i think jack campbell is 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 doing what he can uh but you're looking at the quality of the chances that he's facing like how many times that was did he had to have a stop a shot with the guy right in the slot mm-hmm. uncontested? And I think that is the issue right there. Is the orders aren't protecting the front of the net, and they're not being tough enough in front of the net, and they're not finding guys uh, in front of the net. Uh, so I think that's the issue right now. Is that he's doing what he can, and Jack Campbell. You know, yeah, you're right. He led in six goals last night. I think four came from right in front of the net. Um, I don't remember a real bad goal last night. I'm just trying to. I think just the second, goals. the second one DVD in my mind. It's just a, it's a point shot where he has a clear view of the puck coming from the point. Didn't smother it. Didn't catch it and didn't absorb the puck. And it just fell in front. And then it's basically, you know, it's a gong show. And then Hartman pokes it in uh, to make it two-two. That's that's and that that came. That's a that goal came about a half a minute after Fogel made it 2-1. 
So it kind of yeah. took the, took a little bit of life out of the, the Oilers heading to the dressing room. But in my opinion, that's the only one that I would fault them on. Some people think the sixth goal, but I that to me, that's a Bouchard mistake on, on a pinch, on a four-on-four four, uh, situation resulted in a two-on-one. So in my mind, only, only the second goal would I hang on Campbell. Yeah, you're probably right about that one. Yeah, the second goal, yeah, he's got to hold on to that pocket. And you're right, it, the Oilers are building some momentum there, uh, and you can't give up a goal on the next shift. And I think that's, that's the issue right there when the Oilers were building some momentum. Now, if you want to look at positives here, though, they did score four goals, and they finally did score a goal in the third period. So <laughs> yeah. I think if you want to build on, on, on some of the positives there, but this is a team that is built to, to win games 4-3, uh, you know, to, to score at least three, four, four goals a night. So defensively, you don't have to be lights out. You just have to keep the other team from scoring four goals. And I think that is the issue right now. It's not that big of a mountain to climb here. Like You have to have to keep your goals against average under three, and you're probably going to win more games than you lose because this offense is so is so good. So, But, yeah, no, I think Jack Campbell, is, is he's not the issue right now. Um, I think the issue is the other players in front of him. He's doing what he can. Um, and it wasn't like last year where it just seemed like, oh, my God, every time the, the, shot, the, the puck was shot, it was an adventure with Jack Campbell. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. he's a bit more solid this year. He's got, they, they think the team has a lot more confidence in front of him. Um, but they got to help him out. They can't just you know hang him out to dry as many times as it did last night. Derek Van Dees from NHL.com is our guest on Sports 1440, 7.30 uh, on a Wednesday morning. Oilers get ready for the New York Rangers who defeated the Calgary Flames last night uh, and then the Heritage Classic on a Sunday. So um, text coming in to one 1440 Just wanted to get this one uh, to us DVD from uh, Father of Arius. No relation. You're trying too hard to blame Campbell for a goal. The second goal was not his fault. Disagree. Sorry. Um, that's the one that I would hang on him and check his body language out after the goal went in. That's the one that he wanted back out of all six. Guarantee it. Um, how about this one DVD? Three too many men on the ice penalties three of them that's a that's a season for some teams some teams mm-hmm. get three in a year what does that say to where the mindset of this team is in just you know just one game a one game example yeah you know that you know that's going to happen when you play 11 and 7 because you are kind of on the fly here i think what you're doing is okay okay you three guys go out Okay, these are the two defensemen that go out. It's not you're not just opening the, the the gate and letting the lines roll, letting the six defensemen roll. You're 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 back there trying to put these puzzles together. Okay, we got eleven guys. Who are the next three guys? You're the next three guys. You're the next you know the next pairing. And I think sometimes in in you know in the fog of war here, mm-hmm. uh, something happens that obviously the, they obviously get the wrong guy or they get the wrong message or a guy jumps out that he thinks he, he's supposed to jump out but he's not supposed to jump out. And I think that is. is is an, is an issue right now is that the guys maybe don't know who's supposed to jump on the ice, what line's supposed to work with who, and, and they're trying to shuffle things and they're trying to find combinations that work. And, and yeah, sometimes it's just a little too much on your plate. And sometimes you're just going to say, yeah, number one line, number two line, number three line. Like, I know you've been down there, so mm-hmm. like Jim Woodcroft doesn't like to number his lines. I don't, I don't number my lines. 
Well, sometimes you need to go, hey, line one, line two, line three, right? Uh, you've been there. And I think that, to me, is what's happening is that there's a lot of confusion as to who's supposed to go on the ice, who's supposed to play with who, what defensemen are going out there. Now you have seven guys you're trying to rotate through, uh, and, and they're getting caught. And I think sometimes maybe you just have to simplify things. Um, I know until Connor McDavid comes back, they're going to be with 11 forwards. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to play 11 and 7. But something's going on. There's some mass communication going on behind the bench there. Uh, and I think a lot of it has to do is that from one shift to the next, guys don't know who's going on on the ice. And I think that's an issue right now. Uh, you know what? I I don't buy the 11-7 as an excuse for uh, too many men on the ice penalty. Um if you look at the one last night, for sure, it was 3-2, and Broberg's coming out on the ice, and then, uh, well, actually, he's going off for a change. And then he looks back, oh, my, uh, here comes the play. He blasts back into the play. By that time, it's too too late because the person, I think I can't, I think it might have been Ekholm, but I'm not 100% sure. He's coming out on the ice and going, well, now I'm in no man's land. I, I don't buy the the fact that it's 11 and, and 7 in the sense to get uh, three too many men uh, on the ice penalties. Um, uh, Derek Van Dees is with us on Sports 1440 DVD. So you did mention Connor McDavid. Do you see uh, a shorter stint uh Missing in action here uh, with a, a side injury, a bit of a kind of a, a muscle pull, if you want to call it that. Or how long is he out in your mind? Does he play Sunday in the Heritage well, Classic? Well, you ever been to a restaurant, Kevin, and someone says to you, how long for a table? And they say <laughs> 15 to 35 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know it's going to be 35 minutes, right? You don't, you, you don't, they say 15 to. <laughs> So, so you're like, okay, well, if it is 15 minutes, it's not so bad. But you know it's going to be 35. So I always take something with a grain of salt something like that when someone says <laughs> one to two weeks um, he, he might be out. So you hope it's the one week. You know, I really hope it's the one week. I really hope yeah. I get that table in 15 minutes. But <laughs> deep down inside, oh, man, you know what? It's probably at least two weeks. At least two weeks. And, and But the thing is, it, it's a muscle pull or muscle strain. Hopefully it's not a torn oblique, and then that that'd be an issue, right? Um, so you're hoping that okay, you know maybe it is just a slight tweak in a muscle strain. Uh, they want to get him out there for the Heritage Classic. A lot of people are coming to watch that game, so a lot of people are coming to watch McDavid. So you'd like to see him out out on the ice uh, for that game. So you're hoping okay, maybe that's it. But but to me, I, I kind of yeah, I always take that. You know, when I'm in a restaurant, so just yeah, fifteen to you know, I'll be fifteen to thirty minutes in. Yeah, it's thirty minutes. You you don't wait fifteen minutes. You as soon as you walk in the door, they're saying DVD <laughs> over here, right, right up front, best table by the window. Isn't that the case? <laughs> I wish I wish that was the case. No, that's not the case. They're like, uh, no, you you wait your time there. So that's that's kind of how I see it when they say one to two weeks. Um, like I said, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he does come back. It'd be awesome to see him out on the on the Heritage. Uh, yeah. I, I was out. I was at Commonwealth yesterday, mm-hmm. checking out the progress of of the ice. Talking to Mike Craig. Okay. Um, you know, he's the son of Dan Craig, yeah. the legendary ice maker. So he says things are going great. The ice looks fantastic. They're expecting uh, a great day out there. So you know, you'd love you'd love to see Connor McDavid out on that outdoor. Yeah, I mean, it could be almost perfect conditions by puck drop at five o'clock. Uh, just could be just absolutely perfect. One degree. 
you know, it's still going to be a little bit sunny, but you're not going to see the sun because it'll probably dip behind uh, the canopy of Commonwealth. So uh, a couple more for DVD. Uh, and this is where we're going to talk about Jay Woodcroft. Tons of texts coming in and nobody happy with Jay Woodcroft. one 833 Jay Woodcroft is going to cost this organization Leon or Connor. If you can't see, this is all coaching. Uh, this is from T-Bag. All coaches should be... Uh, you're telling me the two highest scoring players in the NHL now can't score. Uh, rubbish. Having two and a half defensemen out of six is not a coaching fault. Uh, but using those terrible defensemen in the wrong positions is all coaching. Coaching is a huge problem. So, Derek Van Deest, how would you assess Jay Woodcroft's coaching this season to date? Well, this is it, right? You assess coaches when things are going bad. It's how they can, they're able to to deal with adversity is when you really get a measure of a coach. When things are rolling, when you're opening the door and things are rolling and your team is scoring six goals a night and your two best players are, are lighting things up, it's easy to coach. Kevin, you and I could sit behind the bench and say, okay, go Connor, go, go Leon, go, go score some goals. So I think this is where really, really going to be telling uh, how Jay Woodcroft deals with this and him and his staff and Dave Manson and, and, and Goxon and how they deal with this adversity. This is where you get paid as a coach to mm-hmm. figure out problems. This is, a, and so they get, the, you know, the players are off today, but I'm sure the coaches are in that office figuring out, oh, okay, yeah. where is the problem here? Let's figure this out. We have to figure out these problems. Uh, and, you know, I, 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 I'm a fan of co- coaching, but I, I do think if the owners is eventually down on the guys on the ice to get it done, yeah. right? The coach can say, you go to spot A, you go to spot B, you go to spot C, but it's the guys on the ice that have to go to spot A, spot B, and spot C. So um, this is going to be probably, in my opinion, uh, the toughest stretch of Jay Woodcroft's career mm-hmm. right here with the Oilers because he's got to figure it out. He's got to figure out the issues. He's got to figure out the problems. Uh, whatever happened at training camp, uh, it, it's not working. So training camp is essentially out the window because right now they're trying different line combinations. They're trying different pairings. Uh, the goaltending is, is, you know, they're hoping it comes around. I think, I think Jack Campbell was happy, was happy with Jack Campbell's playing. Mm-hmm. We'll see how Stuart Skinner does. Pretty sure he'll get the start against the Rangers. Um, I think, you know, that's the thing. And, and they have to figure things out. And that's where they're getting paid what they get paid. And that's where they're in the positions that they're in. And how you deal with adversity, I think, really shows the type of coach you are, the type of leader you are. Uh, and Jay's trying to be positive. He's been positive. You know, you talk about... He wants to talk about the positives. Let's not look at the negatives. Let's build on something here. Um, but you know, you got you look at you look at Vegas and how they're running away with the league right now. And you're thinking, oh well, my Colorado God. too. Yeah, Colorado as well. And it's like, yeah. that's a team you got to compete with. Uh, you better figure it out quickly. Um, and it's interesting to see well, how how long of a rope Jay Woodcroft gets here. I don't know if there's anyone out there. But it'll be interesting to see because the owners cannot afford to throw the season away. This is a season where they're supposed to compete, they're supposed to contend, uh, they're supposed to go deep in the playoffs, and, and the wheels can't fall off here. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure on Jay and his coaching staff right now to turn yeah. this thing around. Yeah, we're going to see how they struggle through this adversity as a staff to get things turned around. That's the key. Uh, DVD, what do you got coming uh, up on uh, NHL.com? Are you kind of focusing on the on the Heritage Classic coming up? On Sunday, yeah, we're going hard on the Heritage Classic. I got a story up there on uh, on the ice, uh, on, on the update of the ice. Like I said, I talked to Mike Craig last night. Uh, great guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he is ex- really excited. He's been working with the NHL for a long, long time. So it, he said this is a lot better than it was twenty years ago <laughs> when it was whatever it was minus twenty five. And you're out there trying to you know trying to get a decent ice surface out there. He's 
He's loving the fact that it's going to be one degree or just above that or just, or just below, just in that area. Um, he said the snowstorm the other night didn't harm them at mm-hmm. all. They didn't set them back at all. Mm. He said what's worked out perfectly is the fact that it was warm last week when they were setting up the boards and yeah. laying down uh, the paneling and everything like that. And then it got really cold when they started flooding, which was absolutely perfect. They couldn't ask for anything better. So it'll be, it'll be heavy on the, on the Heritage Classic. I'll be at the game tomorrow with mm-hmm. the Hall of Fame inductions with Doug yeah. Wade. Try to catch up with him and, and Charlie Huddy. Uh, and then, yeah, it'll be Heritage Classic from Thursday on in. I, I'm looking forward to this, and I don't know about you, Kevin, that uh, there's a media skate on Friday. And we were allowed to, we're, we're going to be allowed to go take a spin on that outdoor ice, and I'm pretty <laughs> excited about that. Well, wow. That, that's that that is exciting for sure. Um, yeah, twenty years ago, uh, DVD, you could uh, you could freeze the nuts off a steel bridge. It was chilly for sure. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I wasn't at the game. I was I was working on the desk at the journal building uh, at the yeah. time. I, I was I was I was lucky enough to be on the bench for the uh, the alumni game, and it was plus oh, yeah. thirty on the bench with the heaters. <laughs> that's what I was told. Yeah. I talked to Sean Horkoff about. They oh. said it was so hot on the bench. He stepped out on the ice. It was so cold. It was so hot on the bench. It was, it was yeah, quite quite the adventure. Yeah. Uh, thanks, DVD. We'll see you down at the rink uh, probably tomorrow, maybe even today. We'll see. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, Kevin. All right. That's Derek Van Dees from NHL.com. Uh, still a ton of texts coming in. We'll get to those right after the break. And then at the top of the hour, Mark Spector and Ken Reed. It's a Sportsnet doubleheader on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. You know, Duke, I don't even have to look what time it is. I just see, I, I hear your buddy B.A., and everyone talking about yesterday that he's really not a Canadian. <laughs> and then I know that it's around 7.45, ballpark, because that's when you come in with your buddy B.A. You're excited about B.A. every morning, aren't you? Well, mornings like this, I need to take oh, every solace it. I can get, so I'll happily uh, play a <laughs> bunch of my favorite tunes to help get me through the morning here because, man, uh, myself, much like... Yeah. Every other person out there in oil country is pretty fired up this morning after that game last night. Uh, pretty much top to bottom with the team. Everything from behind the bench and, uh, you know, bench minor penalties to uh, everything. May- maybe some goaltending. I'm not quite as worried about that as uh, some people on the line are. But Well, the second goal has kind of created a bit of a buzz. The King of Fort Nasty texts in one 1440 Quick comment on the second goal. Yes, Campbell should have handled the shot better. But if you go back and look at the clip when Campbell attempts to wrangle his own rebound, Nurse swipes the puck out to the opposition for a point-blank shot on his down goaltender. Just saying, King of Fort Nasty. And that's your buddy, too. You guys go for pops, too, don't you? You and the King? Oh, no, he oh. stood me up. Oh, he stood yeah. you up. That's right, okay. yeah. Okay, uh, then again, this one comes in. I think on the second goal, the puck was given away needlessly by Bouchard, who doesn't have the urgency. Bouchard was on the ice for six goals, yada, yada. Okay, he needs to be benched for a game or two. He was minus three while scoring one and assisting on two. Uh, that's from Bad Talks. Again... If Campbell smothers the puck, as you say, if he swallows the puck coming in from a clear point shot and not as not a clapper, just a little wrister, not a lot of heat on it, I would bet anything that Campbell would say, that's the one I got to have back. That's the one, especially at the point of the game where it's 2-1. You've scored with 133 left in the first period. Uh, Warren Fogle scored. Then you give one back with under a minute left. The Oilers gave one up early in the third, 38 seconds in. And that was kind of a bad change. They had a couple of them um, last night. Um, Jay Woodcroft had this to say to the media 
in Minnesota following last night's 7-4 defeat, uh, sending the Oilers to a 1-4-1 and record. Gee, uh, just what you liked about those first two periods and uh, building and, and how hard your team fought to get the lead after 40 minutes. Well, yeah, well, I, I mean, I thought our players displayed uh, some character and guts there through the first 40. Obviously, the third period, you give up that many gil- uh, amount of goals. It's uh, far from ideal. Uh, lots, to, lots to clean up there. And, um you know, I thought there were moments in the game that we could have handled better, um, and not just def- defensively, certainly defensively. But you know, we had a five-on-three power play early where we could have uh, converted at a um, you know better clip. That I, I felt that was an important juncture in the game. You know, we're up to one uh, end of the first period. We win a face-off clean. We can execute a whole lot better in that situation as well. I thought our players. Um, you know, gave us what they had tonight, but in the end, we had struggled to contain their uh, their big line in the third period there, and we were made to pay. What did you think of Evander Kane uh, with the Gordial hat trick? I thought it was good. Yeah, he's you know he competed his tail off tonight, and you know a big fight and you know, important goal that you know everyone on our bench believed that we were going to tie that up. Um, you know, his game was good. Jack, can you speak to the performance of Jack Campbell and the momentum that that gave your team? Yeah, I thought the second period for Jack might have been one of his best as an Edmonton Oiler. I made numerous big saves. In the end, you know, as a team in the third period, we uh, we didn't display, um, you know, what is uh, we're, we're about as a group. And I don't know if it was we ran out of gas. I don't know if it was just a lack of execution. Um, but certainly not to our standard and uh, but for Jack his second period was one of the best I've seen him have Jack was discussing first game without the captain and he kind of felt like we did respond and we did have a good game mm-hmm. uh, to a certain extent so he was kind of disappointed that the result isn't there to match how would you kind of assess how you saw the team work together to try and well re- I wouldn't say replace but live without the captain well I think uh, the easiest thing to do is to go to negative. Um, and I would say that I thought there was a lot of really good signs for our team. Uh, it's disappointing not to close the game out when we were up heading into the third period. That third period was far from our best, that's that's for certain. But there was a lot of good things that um, went on through 40 minutes. In the end, we didn't get the result. It's a results-driven business. We understand that. We're going to work uh, to correct some things and and get better tomorrow. All right, that's uh, Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Tons of texts coming in. Uh, Again, uh, 1-833-401-1440. 1-833-401-1440. Gord Oil says, Kevin, it doesn't matter how we all dissect the loss. It's a team loss. Attention to the small details in every zone on every player. Well, that was the first thing we said right off the hop, Gord. Uh, Thanks for that. Was attention to details and awareness, individual awareness on the ice. And that's the key word uh, that I see with this team right now that is lacking the most. Awareness um, where you are on the ice, awareness where a teammate might be on the ice, uh, awareness where the opposition is on the ice, which all falls under the umbrella of attention to detail. Um, Collins says, who cares on the second goal? Wouldn't have made a difference. Their D will cost them a playoff run. Um, 
I don't know. Uh, that second goal, Yegbuds, yet second goal isn't on Campbell. He's bringing it into himself with his stick, and it's swiped away. Uh, let your goalie handle it. Um, oh, here's a teabag. Uh, coaching is the biggest problem. Second huge problem is the Oilers organization believes it has six NHL defensemen. Uh, it's a fairly long one. Uh, Evan. Text in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. The defensive game is terrible, worse than I've seen in years. Uh, last year, they would play defense some until, and the other team would make a mistakes, pounce on a team. Uh, call up Lavoie, run the McLeod Holloway Lavoie line that caused havoc in the preseason. That comes uh, from Evan Kevlar. Don't you learn awareness in mighty might hockey? Is there mighty? What is mighty might? Is that that's is that? Uh, it's got to be. It's called like uh, Timbits or U U five U six. I know that's the general classifications most minor hockey runs on now is just the U under, under whatever yeah. age program. You know what so. we were? Well, it was Tom Thumb was the low, and then Snowflake when I was growing up. Oof, Snow, that's tough. Snowflake was the <laughs> first one. Then it was Tom Thumb. Tom Thumb. Uh. Uh, this leader, this comes from Brendan. This leadership group gives up on a coach's system in year three. Once is a coincidence, two times is a habit, and well, three times is a pattern. Uh, dirty dangler. Bouchard needs to sit, bring up Gleason. Uh, tons and tons of texts coming into Sports 1440. We'll get to them a little bit later, uh, maybe top of the hour with uh, with some of uh, Mark Spector, maybe some with Kenny Reed. We've got some open time before David Schlumpko joins us at uh, 9 o'clock, but... Uh, Coming up at 8 o'clock, it's uh, Mark Spector. He made his way in from uh, the Ponderosa, from the Yellowstone. I think he spent last uh, night watching the game at the condo. We'll see what Speck has to say at the top of the hour. Before that, a sports update brought to you by First Round. You can watch NFL football at First Round Monday, Thursdays, and Sundays. And you could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year and just tell them that mark lever sent you that's all you need to know uh first up now a sports update with the duke